and we close our eyes and thank God for this wonderful time that He has given us to be in His holy presence. And every day is an opportunity for us to know Him more and more. As St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 10, I want to know Christ, more about Christ, and to become in the likeness and image of our Creator. With this faith, this evening, as we open our hearts to receive His word, let us seek the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Let's have ourselves in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good evening to all of you, and a very happy new year too. Praise the Lord. Okay, today, you know, as the topic and theme is already given for the month, seek ye first the kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom of God. And we're also going to journey with Paul in how he sought the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, interestingly, Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7, tells us very clearly of three things. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the doors will be opened for you. And seek you will find. What is the seeking actually? When you look at it, what is seeking? You know, yeah, somebody wants to say something. What is seeking? Uh, searching, yes. What is searching? You know, in the, in the biblical terms, in the spiritual language, searching is done desire for something of great value and you know in the process persevering in finding that removing all the obstacles on the way that's actually seeking the kingdom of God first you need to desire for it yes I desire the kingdom of God then you have to persevere in that kingdom of God is not something that you find overnight we have to persevere in finding it and in the process, we need to remove many obstacles on the way. And that's the idea of seeking the kingdom of God. In fact, when you read the Bible, the last words that King David spoke to his son Solomon, you'll find that very interesting. The last words that David spoke to his son Solomon, uh, we read that in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verses 9 onwards. Let's listen to that. 1 Chronicles 28, 9. Interestingly, this is what David tells his son Solomon. With all his experience of searching for the kingdom of God and advice that David gives for his son. Let's listen to it. And you, my son Solomon. Yeah, you, my son Solomon. Know the God of your father. First he says, know the God of your father. And serve him with single mind and willing heart. Mm. For the Lord searches every mind mm. and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Yeah, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will abandon you Therefore, forever. Therefore, David clearly tells Solomon, yes, the Lord is there for you and me. The kingdom of God is there for you and me. But we need to do our part in seeking it, searching for it. Now, a beautiful example of this you find in the life of Hagar. You know, in Genesis chapter 21, we don't have to read it, don't worry. Genesis 21, 14 to 19, there's a beautiful incident in the Bible. You know, at the, you know, at the instance of Sarah, Abraham is sending away Hagar and his son Ishmael. Yes, we all know that. 
now with a skin of water and some bread he sends them away when they are journeying what happens in the journey she's running out of water and the child is thirsty she's thirsty she does not know what to do so she casts the child under tree and she cries out to lord lord i don't want to see the death of my child then god hears her and an angel of god comes and speaks to her he says what troubles you hagar why are you upset i will make a great nation of your son ishmael that's what she says and then you know when she says there's no water you know what the angel did what god did so brother where was that well all the while huh underground sister where was it did god dig a well there the word of god clearly says okay just maybe read it there um genesis 21 i think 18 and 19 can you just read that part alone that's all let's see he did not create a well there he did not dig a well there let's read that genesis 21 maybe 18 and 19 the last two words Uh, come lift up the yeah read 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 yeah come lift up the body and hold him fast with your hand for i will make a great nation of him yeah then god opened her eyes and she saw a well oh, oh. of water god opened her eyes and she saw the well where was the well It's there there is the kingdom of god is already there for you and me my dear brothers and sisters you need to open your eyes and search for it that's exactly what we do praise lord so with this thought let's go about talk about a little bit about the kingdom of god what jesus explained you know uh, jesus begins his public ministry uh, day before yesterday we the church celebrated the feast of the baptism of our lord immediately after his baptism jesus begins his public ministry and the first words he spoke of his public ministry i think all of us should know that what is that matthew 4:17 yes sister repent for the kingdom of god is come near to you therefore jesus by his very birth and by his beginning his public ministry has already brought the kingdom of god closer to you and me but then we need to do our part in order to find it that's why later in matthew 6:33 he says strive first for the kingdom of god seek the kingdom of god and interestingly you know all this reference from the matthew's gospel does anybody know How many times Matthew in his gospel Saint Matthew in his gospel refers about the kingdom of God any idea oh, we should know that yes sir at least make one guess no who's going to know <laughs> brother lincoln you make one guess sir 30 times okay yeah okay brother not bad not bad it is 29 times <laughs> praise the lord okay at least in that four times he mentioned as the kingdom of god rest of the times he says kingdom of heaven it's all the same you know very interestingly matthew's gospel is focusing on the kingdom of heaven kingdom of god and one chapter is dedicated for the uh, kingdom of god matthew 13 we all know that seven parables are spoken about the kingdom of god the first one is the sower and the seeds next one uh, weeds and the wheat and the weeds third one uh, mustard seed fourth one yeast fifth one fifth and sixth and seventh are together you find that as the treasure in the hidden in the field 
the pearl and the net and the fish. Seven times he talks about the kingdom of God. We will refer to that very briefly. Since we are going to journey with Paul in seeking the kingdom of God, we also need to look into the conversion of Paul for a bit. And from there, we will link the conversion of Paul to how he sought the kingdom of God. So we are not going to entirely stick to the conversion of Paul and how he sought the kingdom of God from the time of his conversion. Okay, so let's read the you know, uh, conversion of Paul a little bit. Can you read it for me? Conversion of Paul. He's thinking, where is it now? <laughs> yeah? Acts? Oh, 19, you'll not find it, uh, Jude. Okay, 9. See, okay, what we will do is, you know, two times in the Acts of the Apostles, conversion of Paul is mentioned. It's mentioned in Acts chapter 9 and also in Acts 22. But there's a little difference. Probably we listen to both. And I want one of you to find out the difference. Are you ready? Okay, then let's listen. Oh, don't worry, if you listen intently, you will find the difference. Seek. Yeah. Acts 9, 1 onwards you read. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. Okay, fine. Oh, okay, okay, continue, continue, please. Yeah. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up and from the ground, Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Okay, fine. Let's stop there. Let us go to Acts chapter 22, verses 6 onwards. Acts 22, 6 onwards. While I was on my way and approaching Damascus, but, but about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone about me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, Who are you, Lord? Then he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light but did not hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. I asked, What am I to do, Lord? The Lord said to me, Get up and go to Damascus. There you will be told everything that has been assigned to you to do. Since I could not see because of the brightness... Okay, hold on. We'll come, we'll come to keep this page open. Did anybody find the difference? If you please put your hand up. Okay, brother, you put your hand up. Just put up. Let's see. What, who else? Okay, one, two. So, so many hands are up. Let me start from that side. Maybe you can tell me what's this difference. One minute, one minute. Let's come, let's come to that. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. The voice then. Brother. More elaborated. What did you say? Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What did you say? Can you come again? So you mean to say it was twice it happened? No, only once it happened. When Luke narrates it, 
in the first instance. See, first of all, why is it mentioned twice in the Acts of the Apostles? In the first time, Luke is narrating what happened to Paul. There he says, the people heard the voice, but they did not see anything light. Whereas in Paul, he himself is testifying in Luke chapter 22 in his own words. There he say, people saw the light but did not hear the voice. Praise the Lord. That's a difference. That's a difference. Because both are very important. Therefore, it's okay. But so let's just stick to what Paul says in his own words. Paul is testifying about his experience. Whereas in 9, Luke narrates what Paul experienced. Therefore, I think Luke 22 has a more value for you and me. And that's what we're going to focus on. Brother, can you once again read Luke 22 from verses 6 onwards? Let's listen to that very carefully. While I was on my way and approaching Damascus, about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone about me. I fell to the ground. Okay, number one. Can somebody read this? A great light was around me. Just make a note of it if you're, if you're writing any of you. Or maybe you can remind me of that. Yeah. Number two. I fell to the ground and okay. heard a voice saying to me. So second thing, Paul hears a voice. First, he sees a, a light around him. That is, he's covered with the light. First thing, he's covered with a light. Number two, he's hearing a voice. See, listen, let's forget about the difference there. Now we are focusing on the conversion of Paul, what happens there, and how he's following it up later. He hears the voice. Number three. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, who are you, Lord? Now, third, there is a response from Paul to the voice of God. When he hears the word, and what does Paul say? Who are you? Okay, how come he's asking a voice? Somebody speaks to you. Somebody is knocking at your door, sister. Outside, you're not able to see outside. Somebody is knocking. Will you ask, who are you, Lord? What will you ask? Who are you? And Paul is very specifically adding the word, Lord did. What inspired him to know that voice from God? Simple reason, sister. Paul was a very religious person. He was one of the greatest students of Gamaliel, the greatest teacher of those days' time. He loved God. But the problem is he had a problem with the apostles calling Jesus as God. He was saying that was blasphemy. He says, Yahweh is God. How can you call a person like Jesus God? Therefore, his religious flavor was already there in him. He was a person in his heart. He was already seeking God. But he did not know who this God was. That was his problem. So God identified the thirst in him to seek the kingdom of God. That was there constantly in Paul. That's why when the apostles started projecting Jesus as the Messiah, he was really upset with that because he did not want the name of God to be blasphemed. That's a problem. So he loved his God so much. And that's the reason his thirst for always for God, that's why, that's why when he hears the voice of God, he identifies it is the Lord who's speaking to him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, every one of us are listening to the voice of God when we read the word of God. But when you have a thirst for God, when your inclination is to search for the kingdom of God, you will know it is the Lord who is speaking to you. Otherwise, it will be a simple proclamation of the word of God. It's gone. Every Tuesday you come listen to the word of God. But where will you have that relationship? My God is speaking to me through the scriptures. When you have a search, thirst to search for the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why he's responding by saying, who are you, Lord? 
That is, he knows God, but he wants to identify it. Yeah, go ahead. Then he said to him, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with him, who were with me, saw the light, but did not hear the voice of the one who was speaking okay, to me. Okay, that part we have already covered. Go to the next line. I asked, what am I to do, Lord? Simple. Simple. The moment, the moment he hears and recognizes the voice of God, he says, what am I to do? A simple supplication to the voice of God. My dear brothers and sisters, the search for the kingdom of God is a journey for you and me. It's not a single action of you and me. It's a journey. It's a process. We need to be really be, you know, clothed with the light of God, glory of God. We have to listen to the voice of God. We have to respond to that and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? I want to know you, but what should I do for this? If I'm not able to understand what God wants me to do, I will never find the kingdom of God. I can know kingdom of God has come near to you. That's not enough. I need to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus brought the kingdom of God to everyone. The Pharisees saw the kingdom of God. The, you know, the normal people saw the kingdom of God. The apostles saw the kingdom of God. Even Satan saw the kingdom of God. But only the one who sought, responded to Jesus Christ, sought him. They were the one who entered into the kingdom of God. Yes, brother. He's still searching for the kingdom of God. <laughs> the Lord said to me, get up and go to Damascus. There you will be told everything that has been assigned to Listen, you to do. There you will be told everything that has been assigned to you. Even before you were created in the womb of your mother. All the days that were for you are already written in my books. Psalms 139 verses 16. God has already assigned Paul for something. Praise the Lord. When he searched for the kingdom of God, he got his mission confirmed. Today, my dear brothers and sisters, you know, I was happy when sister was saying, 1986 onwards, you're in this prayer group. Sister, even before you were created, God assigned it for you. Brother, God assigned it for you. 1986, I did not even know Jesus Christ. I was not even a Christian at that time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But God had assigned to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's what we all come to know. Why go to 1986? Now we are in 2019. Let's finish 2018. 2006-2007. Brother Peter, you will testify to me. I did not even know how to preach the word of God. Yeah, he was there, used to be. You know, he used to give his testimony. I used to stand behind him and listen to that. Praise the Lord. So it's what God has assigned. When you search for it, what God has assigned for you will come to a fulfillment. This is what St. Paul did. Yeah, continue. Since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, those who were with me took my hand and led me to Damascus. A certain Ananias who was a devout man according to the law and well spoken of by all the Jews living there, came to me and standing beside me, he said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. In that very hour I regained my sight and saw him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will. Okay, what's Paul saying here? The God of my ancestor has chosen you to know my will. That's what is it. 
you should know the will of God. What is the will of God for you? That's very important. Okay, I'll come to that. Yeah, go ahead, brother. To see the righteousness, to see the righteous one. And to, to see the righteous one. And to hear his own voice. And to hear his own voice. For you will be his witness to all the world of what you have okay, seen Okay, my dear and brothers heard. and sisters, now let us summarize what happened there. First, light shone around him. Then he heard the voice of God. Then what is known? You know, he was chosen to know the will of God. Then to be a witness and to call on his name. These are the five points mentioned there. Yes? Did these five points come to a fulfillment in the life of Paul? First, first, light shone around. That means what? The presence of God was already always around him. Now, how do you know all these things? No, the confirmation for all these things we read in the epistles of Paul. In every letter he wrote, it was his search for the kingdom of God. It was his knowledge of the kingdom of God that he wrote to the people. So, a confirmation of all these things and how through this conversion, Paul has an experience of the kingdom of God, we'll see in his letters that he writes, in the epistles that he writes. So first, light shining around him. That means what? Always the glory of God around him. So where does Paul confirm that? When he writes to the people, two places in the, in the epistles you find. First is Romans 13, 14. He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does he say? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means what? He says, you be clothed in the light of God. And in Ephesians 5.1, don't have to read it, brother. I'll tell you. Ephesians 5.1, what is this? Be imitators of Christ as I am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So this is a confirmation that he says that he's always clothed with Christ, the glory of the light of God. And he always putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Praise the Lord. That's how. This is how he sorted. Second, second, what was it? What was the second one? Okay, hear the voice of God. He says, you yourself will hear directly. That's what Ananias said, yes? Did Paul hear the voice of God directly or only from the apostles did he learn? Yeah? No, 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 not this point. Later, later, I'm telling you. See, that incident is over. From there onwards, where he progresses in the kingdom of God. That's what we are talking about. Well, the Bible says most of the things he learned from the apostles. No doubt about that. But there are times when he heard the voice of God directly also, as Ananias promised him. Where did it happen? At least one incident. 1 Corinthians 11.23. Can you go to that? 1 Corinthians 11.23. For I, for I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed... I received from the Lord what I also hand on to you. When he talks about the Holy Eucharist, Paul says... I received directly from the Lord. That means what? Certain instructions were given to him directly by Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's also, so he's following up all these things. Third, know the will of God. You know, this is something very interesting. Okay, I, I'll put it in another context so that you understand that clearly. Knowing the will of God. See, I'll tell you, in the, in the Bible, you will not find anyone greater than St. Paul who strived to know the will of God in everything. To know the, you know, he says in Philippians chapter 3, 
verses 8 and verses 10. Let's listen to that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and 10. Let's listen to that. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing, surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Okay, read 10 also. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Yes, I want to know. So he's striving. I want to know. I want to know. He's going on trying to find out and find out and find out and search and search and dig, dig deeper. Dig deeper. Dig deeper into the God's mysteries. Okay. Now, in this context, let us go to the parable where Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. Let's talk about the three parables in uh, Matthew 13, 44, 45 and 46. Let's listen to that. I will take two of these parables for an example now. Matthew 13, 44 and 45 and 46 we will read. Verse 44 you read. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has okay. and buys that field. Now Jesus said seeking the kingdom of God. That's what we're talking about. Now the first parable Jesus uses here is it's like a treasure hidden in a field. That this man who found the treasure, was he actually looking for a treasure? No. Am I right? He was, his field he bought or maybe he's working in that field, he's employed there, he does his you know, routine work of maybe plowing the field and in the process he stumbles upon the kingdom of God. Yes? Now, the kingdom of God can reach you and me like that. It happened to Paul. Was Paul the one actually seeking Jesus Christ? No, he was going about his job of being a religious person and in the process persecuting whom he thought were blaspheming the name of God. Yes, in the process, like the treasure hidden in the field, he stumbled upon the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, now when a person finds a treasure hidden in the field, what does he do here? Okay, he sells it and gets that field. That's fine. Now the treasure is there. Suppose... Nalini, you find one box of treasure. What do you do now? I should ask the ladies. Better to ask them. What will you do? A box of treasures are there. <laughs> what will you plan, sister? How to spend good. Yes, sister, what will you do? What do you have to find, sister? Ah, yes, that's a good answer. You will check what all is there in that. Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Treasure, the box of treasure. First you'll find out, is there a diamond, which is gold, which is silver. So you'll find out everything in that. Yes. And Paul also, when he stumbled upon the kingdom of God, started finding. That's what he says, no, I want to know Christ. That is what? He wants to go deeper and deeper and find and find and find. You know, in the process, what he did, you do you know the sister? Okay, I'll ask this question. Maybe some of you can answer this to me. How many mysteries is St. Paul talking about in his epistles? Brother, any idea? Make one guess, no? You're good in guessing. <laughs> I think this is all, no? We have to, that's our search, brother, today. We have to search the word of God and find out. Hello? Four, good. He's talking about the rosary four <laughs> Paul mentions about 16 mysteries in his epistles. Do you know that, sister? 16 mysteries. How did he find out so many mysteries? Searched and searched and searched and searched. Today, today, are we searching like Paul? 
he got a box of treasure how to spend it sister <laughs> praise the lord hallelujah maybe one or two mysteries i will tell you you want to find out that go to 1 corinthians chapter 1 let's go to 1 corinthians one or two i'll tell you sorry 1 corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 just one or two to mention to you 1 corinthians 2 7 but we seek god's wisdom secret and hidden which god decreed before the ages so he for says our glory. First, the wisdom of god is a mystery he says that one or two we will read maybe can you go to 1 corinthians chapter 51 and 52 sorry 1 corinthians 15 51 52 15 51 52. just one or two i've mentioned to you that's all just for you to get an idea the rest of the mysteries go back and search for it in the bible listen brother next week ask them the questions brother so first he's saying first i have to find out no <laughs> yeah listen i will tell you a mystery listen i will tell you a mystery we will not all die we will not all die but we will all be changed okay we'll all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an See, eye look at he's finding those mysteries that none of us will die we'll all have a glorious body does any of the other apostles mention this i'm not finding fault with the other apostles don't don't know i'm not scandalizing this little talk what i'm trying to tell you look at how paul is searching deeper and deeper maybe one more brother will read okay um 2 timothy 3 16 or is it 1 Timothy? I think it's 1 Timothy 3.16. Yeah, 2 Timothy 3.16 is, you know, all scripture is inspired by God. Yeah, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.16. Without any doubt, the mystery of our religion is Okay, great. he says our religion is also a mystery. I'm telling you this. So many mysteries he found out. How? He started searching. When he found the treasure, yes. He stumbled upon the treasure in the road to Damascus, yes. But then he's searching and searching and searching. Then sister, when you search, she's saying, you know, she's only interested in spending. Oh, sister, oh, yeah. So you're searching, searching, searching. In the process, what will you find? What happens when you keep on searching this treasure? No, no, you just stumbled upon it, sister. That's all. It's not that you're searching for anything in particular. Okay, fine. Good, good answer. Now, let us go back to Matthew 13. Jesus spoke of treasure in the field. What is the next parable he talks about the treasure? Can you read that? Verses 45 and 46. Listen to that now. Matthew 13, 45 and 46. Yeah, here, this merchant is looking for one fine pearl. Yes? So he's ready to travel distance to find that one pearl. And when he finds it, he sells everything else and buys that pearl. Now, now, when Paul started searching, he finds treasures and treasures and treasures. Then he realizes there must be something that is very important in this. And he starts seeking for that. What is that one treasure he found out? Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 8. Yes, sister? I, I didn't hear you properly. What will give him satisfaction? Let's listen to him himself. Let's listen to Paul. From now on, there is reserved for me okay, the okay, crown okay. of... You're, you're going to... Okay, yeah, fine. You can read that also. From now on, there is reserved Okay, we'll come to that little later. Can we go to Philippines chapter 3, 13 and 14? We'll come to that little later. The crown, no? That he's very clear about. Philippines chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, and then 20 also. 
Let's find out what is the treasure he found out, that one pearl. Chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, you read. Then you come to 20 also. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this is one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call. Ah, I press on to that goal of the prize of that heavenly call. So he found out. What is that one pearl he found out in that? Heaven or eternal life, the kingdom of God. He said, all these treasures are there. Mystery of my, treasure of my religion, treasure of my resurrection, all that is there. But he found out that one pearl is the eternal life, the kingdom of God. Verses 20 also, can you read? But our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from that is where we are you know, we're looking forward for a savior. Therefore, when he started searching the treasure, sister, he found out one pearl. What is that pearl? Kingdom of God. Seek ye. Jesus also said, seek first the kingdom of God. Search for that one pearl. Understand, sister? So don't worry about spending everything. Search for that one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look how deeply he's going into search for the kingdom of God. I, I, let me tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, you won't find anybody else in the Bible who sought the kingdom of God like him. Yes, the apostles were also there. After the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God led them. But here was a person who, who had an experience of God. Then he understood what God spoke to him, applied that in his life, started searching for something, found many treasures about the kingdom of God, and started searching and searching and searching unless he found, until he found that one pearl called the kingdom of God or eternal life itself. And he says, I'm striving forward, forgetting about what lays behind. Sister, he is ready to give up all the treasures in order to hold to that kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Clearly he says, forgetting what lies behind. All the treasures, yes, it's good, it's good. But finding that treasure, the treasure of our religion, the treasure of our faith should lead you in searching for that kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the only goal we have. He says, straining forward. What do you mean by that? He says, you know, intently he's moving forward to that one goal of the eternal call, searching for that kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's very interesting. You know how he uses the word athletes. When they come near the finishing line, what do they do, man? These fellows never run any race, looks like. Yeah, we can make out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, what do we do? Yeah, push yourself, no? Head comes forward. Yes, you're the first there. And that's what Paul says. That's what is my goal. That's a search for the kingdom of God. Not like that also ran. Yeah. And there, everybody is walking. I'm also, yes, I'm not finding fault with that. But, you know, this is called the searching the kingdom of God. Otherwise, you know, all of us know the kingdom of God. That's why we won't be sitting here. We won't be a part of a prayer group. We won't be a part of sharing our faith unless we know the kingdom of God. And we're also moving towards this. But he uses a different word, straining forward. That's called searching for the kingdom of God. And that's Paul's journey of finding the kingdom of God. Okay, now his goal is to enter into the kingdom of God. Are we clear? Has yes. he found that one pearl, sister? Yes. yes, he is leaving behind every other treasure. Not spending, leaving behind, sister. Yeah, one goal. Now, now his goal is to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, how do you do that? How do we enter into the kingdom of God? 
Searching, finding, yes, you know that, you know the way. Now, searching ends in entering. Otherwise, brother will say, I'm searching and searching, I found it, what brother? No use until you. That search should lead you to enter into the kingdom of God. Yes? Do you agree with me? Yes, now, how do we enter into the kingdom of God? Sister. Simple. Follow what Jesus told us. Okay? I'm giving you a few examples of that. Maybe as time permits. Very quickly, I won't go deep into it. I won't be explaining it. Number one. Certain conditions were laid by Jesus Christ to enter into the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And we see how Paul is following those examples. That's what searching, you know, stumbling led to a search. Search led to finding one pearl. Now, to you know, get it, he has to do something on his part. Number one, Matthew 18.3. What did Jesus put the condition? I don't have to read, brother. I will tell you. What is the first condition, Matthew 18.3? Unless you become like little children, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Number one condition. What do you mean by little children? Yes, sister? Pure, Pure good then. Innocent, humble. You know, all these are correct. Now, is there a sign of that in Paul's life? Okay, I'll give you a few examples for you. You know, Paul, how does he happen then? In the first um, letter that he wrote, epistle that he wrote, what is the first letter of St. Paul, what he wrote? No, no, Romans is first in the chronological order. What is the first thing he wrote? 1 Corinthians was the first letter he wrote. Yeah? In that, how does Paul begin his address? Just read 1 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. Corinthians, Galatians, all those written in order. Yeah, how does he begin it? Paul called to be an apostle of Christ. Okay, now he says, Paul, I'm called to be an apostle. apostle. Then, then, after some time, he wrote the letter to Romans. After writing Galatians to Corinthians, he writes to Romans. After Colossians, he writes to Romans. When he is writing to Romans, how is he addressing himself? Romans 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus ah, Christ. Now he sings what? From apostle, he is calling himself now a servant of God. Now, Philemon, letter to the Philemon. Yeah, the last epistle. Yes, brother? Yeah, one more, one chapter. Let's begin the first verse. How do he begins it? I, Paul, a prisoner in Christ. Look at that. Humbling himself more and more. As he started searching, he called, I am an apostle. Then he said, I am only a servant. Now he says, I am a prisoner in Christ. Now one more thing I'll tell you. In the first letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 15. The culmination of Paul's humility comes there. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy. Sister, what, Paul, great sister? According to you. But according to him, he says, I am the greatest of sinner. Yeah, read brother. 1 Timothy. The 1 saying Timothy. is true and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Yeah, look at this. How he's humbling himself. From calling himself an apostle, he ends up calling himself as the greatest sinner. Was that just grounding himself, yes or no? Apostle, servant, prisoner, greatest sinner. That's a transformation. That's a spiritual growth. Today, what is spiritual growth for you and me? Sinner, then choir leader, then counselor, then preacher. <laughs> yes, brother? <laughs> That's our way of looking at spiritual growth. See, that's, that's what's happening. Let's, let's accept the reality there. But Paul understood, Jesus told you, you have to go lower and lower. 
And that's what he did that. Second condition, you know, I won't go deep into it. John 3, 5, unless you're born of water and spirit. Then you read in Acts 22, 16, Paul was baptized in the spirit. Yes or no? The third condition, Matthew 5, 20. Does anybody know what he says there? He says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are the Pharisees and scribes are righteous people? Yeah? Yes or no? No? Sister, Luke chapter 18, the Pharisee went to the temple and he said, I'm fasting twice a week. You should exceed that. I'm paying my tithes. The brother, the Pharisee is paying 10% tithes. So that means if you have to exceed that, how much should you pay? At least 10.5. <laughs> He's fasting twice a week. Brother, so how much time? At least thrice in a week. So what I'm trying to tell you is, you know, Paul, Paul, when he talks in his epistles, I'm not explaining this to you, he talks about righteousness more and more and more. Many places you see the focus of the epistles of Paul is on growing in righteousness. One of the most beautiful examples, people sing should know that, no? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 14, 17. What does he say? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So he gives so much of importance to growing in righteousness because Jesus said, your righteousness should increase that of the Pharisee scribe. So look at this, how he's progressing. He knows there are conditions to enter in the kingdom of God. I want, I found the pearl. Now I have to make it my own. So I have to go in. I have to go in. So he says, I'm doing that. How? By following all these things. Next one is Matthew 7:21. What did it say? Very important. Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Now, let me tell you, maybe uh, two minutes I'll spend on this will of the Father. Did Peter ever speak about what is the will of God? John, brother, Paul, many places he talks about the will of God. In fact, he tells us, you know, you people should know what is the will of God. Ephesians 5.17, he says what? Read that, brother. Ephesians 5.17, uh, Ephesians 6.6. 6. Do oh, not, not, be, ah, not okay. only while being war. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Ephesians 5.17. Okay, then you go to 6.6. Oh, he says, don't be foolish, but understand what is the will of God. Ephesians 6, 6, what did it say? Yeah, doing God's will with all your heart. So he's preaching that and he strived to find out the will of God. At least two examples I can give you now. Because we won't go to much. At least one or two I'll give you. Now, where does Paul talk about the will of God clearly? We all say, I want to do the will of God. I want to do the will of God. What is the will of God? 1 Thessalonians 4.3, Paul says about the will of God. This is the will of God, your sanctification. He says that's the will of God, your sanctification. One Thessalonians, okay, don't have to read, sister. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, you can read it later. Then 1 Thessalonians 5.16.17, what is this? 
Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Ah, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in See, Christ Jesus. See, look at Jesus. this. Now, Jesus says, only those who do the will of God will enter into the. So, search ends to an enter. Now, he says, he found out. He says, I found out the will of God. All of you, don't be foolish. You also find the will of God. And he says, what are the will of God? Many places he says. Okay, I just took one or two for you. Find out, find out. Paul, at least I know in seven places he talks about the will of God. Different, different things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And fine, and fine. Now, now because of all these things, he's very clear about this. Maybe one last point we will read. Matthew 5.3. The last point we will remind up with that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Yeah? yeah? Don't worry. You should know the Beatitudes by heart. Okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Heaven. Okay. God of heaven is fine. Matthew uses the word heaven in um, 25 places. And four places he says kingdom of God. Don't worry. It's all the same. Now, now this is what. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What do you mean by poor in spirit? You know, this is something is always not understood by people, many people. Yes, sister? Teachable, good. Okay, good. Yeah, good, good. See, actually, when, when um, Jesus said poor in spirit, he is not referring to the Holy Spirit because at that time, people were not even aware of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, he's talking about the human spirit. So, the more you come down in your human spirit, the more the Holy Spirit will fill you. Praise the Lord. That's what John the Baptist said, no? I should decrease and he should increase. John 3.30, he says that. That's what. And Paul was the person, we have seen an example of it, humbling himself more and more. And finally, you know, when you do all these things, he's so confident that he has found the kingdom of God, he searched for it, he says in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Now we'll read that. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. <coughs> I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept my faith. From now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Oh, look at that. He says, now I am very sure... I have found that, you know, final destination. The kingdom of God is very sure for me. Can any of us here say that we are confident about entering the kingdom of God? Like Paul did? Can any of us? I cannot. That's why I'm not saying. Brother? <laughs> Peter? <laughs> yeah. Huh, brother? Jude, did you hear that? Okay. Start reducing the weight. <laughs> Yeah, we all know that. That means what, brother? There are little obstacles for you and me, yes? You know, if we are not confident, I'm also not confident. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, all of us, none of us are confident. But that if means... We don't strive, if we don't strive, we have to strive till the very last... That means what, sister? That means we have to continue our search or the strive for the kingdom yes. of God. Only, you know, why we are not confident today, that means what? We have not searched enough. Clear about it? 
and Paul was able to do that. So let's take the inspiration from Paul and continue our journey in searching for the kingdom of God, as she said, striving for the kingdom of God so that we also one day can say, I'm confident that my place is there in heaven. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to open our hearts to receive your word, especially inspired from the life-changing testimony of one of the greatest evangelists the church has ever seen, St. Paul. Lord, what a wonderful testimony you have kept before us in St. Paul. He's an inspiration for every one of us to continue our search for the kingdom of God. Today, I may have stumbled upon the kingdom of God like a treasure in the field. I may be searching for the treasures, for in these treasures, and may have found many things valuable for me in my journey towards you. But let me the grace, Lord, to find that one pearl, the kingdom of God. Let me not rest till I find that one pearl. Today, maybe I've found that one pearl, the kingdom of God. Now, Lord, give me the grace to walk confidently towards achieving this call of entering into that pearl, the kingdom of God, so that, like Paul, I may also confidently say, my reward is there with my master, whom I will see on the day he calls me to be in his presence. Heavenly Father, we make this prayer in the mighty and master's name of your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, it's now, and, now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God bless you and thank you. Thank you, brother, for that beautiful eye-opener, Paul, and all this, all you shared with us. Thank you so much. Next week, Colin will be sharing with us the Word of God. Jesus is Lord, now and forever. Good night. God bless you. Have your tea and fellowship before you leave.